Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Don Power, Power System Designs podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Parviz Gafarakor. He's with XR, and um, he's their Senior Vice President and General Manager of Power Management and Connectivity. And I brought him on the show today because I wanted to talk about uh, the challenges of uh, programmable power in embedded systems because there's so much happening in the space right now. Isn't that right, Parviz? Welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Thank you for asking me to join. Oh, well, uh, yes. you know, XR does make some good solutions in this space, and I like to have as many different viewpoints as possible. So how does it look from where you're standing? Uh, very good. You know, I joined uh, XR um, about seven, eight months ago, and I'm very impressed with the technology and, and the products we have here. Right. Well, I mean, I, I knew you when you were CEO of AcroSilicon. Yes. And how, what kind of a change is that to go from Acros to XR? Uh, you know, I actually when I graduated from Berkeley, I joined XR 30 years ago. So there is a sentimental value here, and ah. the full circle is done joining XR. <laughs> but uh, I have been in uh, large, medium, and small companies, so so the transition has been as smooth as possible. Well, why don't you give us a little bit of a nutshell on? Um, I mean, I know you guys are making. Uh, various solutions in the embedded space, but why don't you give me a little um, one-liner on XR and where they are and what they're pointed at right now. XR technology, uh, what we have dubbed as programmable power or universal PIMIC, is a very unique technology uh, that's based on digital power management. And you know, you and I have been talking about this for a long time, that people have misused the word digital or power management in the past. Yes. And uh, XR truly has a, uh, has a patented technology that uh, falls right in the middle of what, what programmable power or digital power management needs to be. Well, it's digital loop, digital interface. Bit. Sure. It's the, the, the loop itself is digital, uh, so it makes the life of the system designers very easy. They don't have to solder in components in and out in order to compensate the loop, basically. Mm -hmm. the, the control scheme is digital, and every aspect of the, uh, the solution is, uh, can, can be programmed or adjusted to uh, I2C or some sort of digital interface, GPIO or I2C. Right. Well, let's take a step back. Um, and just talk a little bit about the application space itself. You know, the, the engineers are facing a lot of things. You've got the form factor challenges. You've got new packaging. You've got form factor challenges. The, con the product managers and the consumers want smaller form factors. You've got the issues of, you know, digital control protocols. Uh, whose protocol do you use? What bus do you use? Um, what methodology do you use? You've got the issues of the actual topology of the power circuit itself. So looking at it from your point of view, what challenges do you see are the most important right now for a designer in the embedded space, and how do you feel what you're doing is most addressing that? Well, uh, let's step back uh, for a minute. Sure. The whole problem arises from the fact that um, people need energy management and the solutions out there are power conversions. Right. So it, it, the, the burden is on the system architect 
to figure out, okay, how they can provide a flexible solution in terms of the power management needs for different aspects of the system designs or for diff the different models they use. So right there is a the problem that, uh, the, you know, traditionally a lot of people have been using components from different companies that were not designed to work with each other, and the system architect has to figure out a way to best utilize them. So right there, that, that's where the problem lies. Now, in terms of, okay, so the system architect says, you know, I, I want to use this such and such CPU, and I want to mm -hmm. use this version of it versus that version, version of it and so forth. And given that the CPUs have already moved into very small process, wafer process geometries, you know, 40 nanometer, 28 nanometer, and so forth, even 50 or 100 millivolt of power supply makes a lot of difference. Yes, sir, it does. So the system designers have, you know, they, they need to figure out, okay, for such and such model, for such and such model of the CPU, they have to use, say, 1.1 volt or 1.05 volt or 0.95 volt or whatever. And not only it increases the efficiency of the system, but also makes the CPU more functional for all practical purposes. So right well, and, and Go ahead. Well, I was about to jump in, and on top of that, the ability to more um, accurately address the needs of the processor also help on the other side by making the yields more acceptable on the processor side, knowing that the power circuits are going to be more flexible and devices that previously may have been failed because they're a tenth of a volt or you know two-tenths of a volt off of the target voltage in the past, they would have just been thrown out. Now they're just marked as being, you know, they're being binned, and, and uh, the chips can now address that because they're programmable power chips. Exactly, to the point, exactly to the point. Uh, and uh, also when they're designing their power management uh, solutions, this is the power, you know, the system architect is relying totally on the power system designer to go... Mm -hmm make the PCB layout work. And one of the challenges that the power system designer has is com compensating the components, right? As you know, it, uh, every product has its own idiosyncrasies, as we call it. Yes, it does. They're sensitive to certain type of capacitors, inductors, resistors, and so forth. So the system designer has to be soldering in and out different type of components so they can make the thing work. And, you know, the the PCBs today are very, very compact and small, and trying to solder in and out components is, is, is a very, very cumbersome uh, task. Yes, and you might even have to wind up doing a respin on the board if you paint yourself too deeply into a corner. Right, and that costs a lot of money in, in terms a of lot actual of costs and, and time. Now... So a solution that people don't have to solder in and out components is, is, is going to benefit everybody greatly. Mm -hmm. That's another challenge. The other cha challenge that was kind of mentioned in the previous one is the PCBs are small. Therefore, you need, you need your system has to be, your, your solution has to be small as well. Not only in terms of the area, but also in terms of the height. Some people want to... Right. Some people want to put the solution underneath the heat sink or another thing, so so the height becomes very, very important. 
Right. And we can go right. on. There are so many different challenges in terms of, okay, efficiency of the system, efficiency of the component. All of those come into the picture, the temperature rise. And so that's, these are all in terms of the designing the solution. Then there's the whole slew of other things that are related to protection and monitoring the solution. So, okay, the system designer designed the power management solution. Now, okay, how do they, how do they alarm when there's something going on or how do they avoid it or how do they predict it? Those are all also features that are needed because you don't want to throw away a PCB or an equipment that cost thousands of dollars because the power management solution didn't, didn't react fast enough or the system didn't know that there is an issue is about to happen. Right. So, well, then, so um, something tells me that you've got your, your solutions incorporate those features. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your uh, leading solutions right now uh, of that and how they address what you're talking about? Certainly. We just announced um, um, a module, a power system module, basically is a, is a fully in, encapsulated power management system solution for, for system designers. Mm-hmm. It includes inductors, all the passive elements as well, capacitors, resistors, and so forth. And it provides two-channel fully integrated six-amp solution as well as two controller for people who want to have more power. And this is the smallest form factor module in the market today. It's uh, XRP9711 and XRP9710. And they, they use our patented technology, which we dubbed as universal PIMIC or programmable power. And all aspects of the system is controllable through digital control, either GPIOs or I2C, as well as the, since the loop is also digital, the system designers do not, do not have to worry about changing the components. They can uh, basically dial in the components' values, and it, it automatically regulates the loop, closes the loop, and the solution is ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Praveen, you're very right that it, that it allows you to solve a lot in the digital. But then the other side of that is that the, in, the engineers have to remember that since part of that solution is in software, they have to keep an eye on the software. I remember talking to one of the first groups, um, I believe it was at Aztec, when they were working on a digital front end and a uh, bus converter, you know, mutually compatible devices, they kept having problems with the settings. They were about to do a respin on the board to change their hold-up time, and they realized that it was the software settings that were screwing with the performance, not the uh, components. So as you point out, you can do a lot with the digital, but then you have to remember that you've got these digital protocols in the system that will affect your performance based on the software, not just the hardware. Well, we have we have tried to make this as painless as possible to the analog designers because, end of the day, all of us are analog uh, designers, uh, either in the IC or system level, who who are not really programmers, and we don't want to be writing, a, or we don't want our system designers to be writing a, a complicated software system in order to work with a power management solution. We mm-hmm. actually provide a GUI that is very friendly. The customer, I don't know, dials in several several items into the GUI and it's done, it's over with, and so forth. So, so we 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 are very conscious of that fact that 
we don't want to change the complexity that comes in the, uh, in the power conversion and swap that with the complexity that comes in the software issue. <laughs> but you are right that end of the day, the system designer has to be aware that any glitch in the system, whether it's in the software or in the hardware, would complicate the, the solution. Right. So um, are there any other advantages to some of uh, your approaches? Well, you know, uh, power conversion or, uh, or power management actually has been misused in the past, as you and I have been discussing. And uh, But because power management is a very huge market, depending on who you listen to, it's 15 to $20 billion power management I see out there. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 going to be very difficult to say that there's only one solution for the whole 15 or 20 billion dollar market. As a result, we provide a wide range of products. We we provide system level solutions that like 97 XRP 97, 10 and 11, or system SOCs like, like XRP 7724 that are controllers that can be used uh, with external MOSFETs to provide a full solution to the system, or we are providing uh, components. Now, the trend in, in t today in, in the systems are low-voltage, high-current. And mm -hmm. the CPUs are going uh, down on the wafer process geometry, the operating power has to be low, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you have to be providing solution that works down to 0.6 volt. But on the other hand, these solutions have to be providing high currents, 2 amps, 3 amps, whatever. So all of our solutions that we are introducing in the marketplace today are capable of doing that. Oh, okay, good. Right, we are providing solutions that can take input voltages, in, in a very wide range, like the examples that we discussed, can take up to 22 volt in and provide output voltages down to 0.6 volt. Which is pretty so, good. Which is pretty good, right? <laughs> and also we, are, we have introduced linear dropout regulators because no matter how, how many SOCs we use or how many power management solution used, the system designers always want one or two or three or five LDOs here and there. So we have actually introduced a leading uh, LDO last week, and this LDO, I call it, you know, usually efficiency is not a word useful with LDOs, but I use it because it can take two amps at 75 millivolt dropout or 3 amps at 140 millivolt dropout. That's that's pretty good. So That's pretty good. Right. It can take voltages from 1 volt up to 2.625 volt and can produce voltages down to 0.6 volt. So imagine you can put a 1.35 voltage in and get a 1.2 volt output at 3 amps out of this solution. That's a lot of power. Right, that's a lot of that's a lot of output power with very very little power dissipation inside the package. And nowadays it has to be because you can't get you know thermal management is really critical. Thermal management is very uh, critical. The system efficiency is very important as well. So combination of the two, you have to provide solutions that are leading edge in this way.
and we have. Mm-hmm. Now, now um, I just had a, had a quick question about um, the digital protocols themselves. Do you see much uh, change going forward? There's been some uh, attempts to create wider bandwidth uh, communication protocols that piggyback alongside or ride on top of the uh, I2C. Um, you know, beyond PM bus and such, and I was wondering what your thoughts are on that. Well, you know, once once you open up the power management solution to the system designers, and you you're basically telling them, okay, what do you want? Every system designer is going to come up with what version of what they want. One of which is higher speed, because as the health monitoring and diagnostics needs increases. Uh, the system designers want to be basically sending a lot of control data into the, uh, to the power management solution and be able to communicate with the power management solution. Mm-hmm. So it's understandable the faster speed is needed, especially if there are multiple power management solutions on the board and you have to be communicating with different ones. And I2C in general has, has had its own limitations, one of which has probably been used excessively in the system. So we are seeing the need for that, but unfortunately these things are so custom to specific guys that you have to kind of wait till the standard shows up before before you attempt to do a um, standard off-the-shelf solution for the system designers. One way that we have tried to solve the problem is to provide different GPIOs, high-speed basically programmable input-output solutions. Mm-hmm. So while, while the main uh, protocol is I2C, but if a system designer has another type of higher-speed interface that they want to be using, they can be communicating to these uh, GPIOs that we have that are high-speed, and they can complement the solution with those. Excellent, excellent. So um, where do you see, do you see anything big on the horizon? Do you just see it more evolutionary development right now, or do you think something revolutionary is going to happen in the space in the, in the near future? In the power management area? Yes, sir. <clears throat> you know, um, again, the, the, whole, the whole transition from power conversion to energy management is in early stages of transition. And as the system designers understand that, okay, now the power management is not a black box, and they actually, at the architect level, they could dictate basically what the power management needs need to be and how it should be configured and all that. It changes the relationship between what I say, the system or the equipment manufacturers and designers and the IC vendors. We kind of have seen the start of that change in the computing and mobile business where if somebody is designing a mobile solution, they have a CPU, they go talk to one IC vendor and they provide a very, very custom, complicated SOC for that solution. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, the nice thing is that now the technology using those are pretty advanced. However, it's very limited because you have to, it's a custom solution and nobody else knows about it. Right. The transition when uh, the system market realized that that can be done on a much wider basis 
enables more competition in the marketplace and much better solutions to show show up and to emerge as a result of that. That that's I think is very important. Agreed. The, Agreed. The the low voltage uh, need is all, also in the even though it's a reality today, but the solutions out there are not as op- optimal as they should be, right? For example, when you're trying to have an input voltage of, say, one volt for power management, majority of the system, the solutions that are out there, they need another power supply to basically keep the IC running, but the one volt just comes in for to deliver an output voltage that's lower than one volt. Now, our solution, of course, doesn't need another supply, so it just takes a one-volt supply in and provides lower voltages. But the tra- this type of transition also is very important, where you can actually start working at one volt or below one volt without requiring multiple power supply. That by itself may not sound a big deal, but it's a huge deal from an IC design point of view. Right, especially, yeah, exactly. No, I agree with you completely there, Parvis, because uh, the, getting the voltages that have been demanded at the board level has up till recently required um, less than optimum solutions. Right, right. And then um, uh, the system designers understanding that in order for the system to work, they have to look at the system efficiency, not the component efficiency. Remember for probably the last 20 years or so, the fight has been, okay, how many percent efficient is your component, your, your power management solution? But the reality is that, and a lot of people did a lot of, I would say, manipulation with the, the, the data sheets and their product in order to show 90%, 92%, 93% efficiency. But that's not enough for the systems to be efficient, right? because the system may require you 92% efficiency in certain uh, portion of the design that the part cannot provide that. And also the system requires that at different current levels, at different voltage levels, you be able to, to provide different types of efficiency. And that's part of the energy management that we are talking about now, that Right. Solution has right. to be able to be flexible enough where the system designer can configure it in every which way they want. Right. Well, it's all. I mean, that's the thing. You're absolutely right. It's power is a gestalt now. You can't just simply say, well, power is this, and that's all it is, because power is also a philosophy. I mean, it's always been a philosophy, but the philosophy is back, and people are thinking about system efficiencies beyond the box and system efficiencies in the network and system efficiencies in the facilities, but it all boils down to efficiency at the board level. Yes, yes. Um, so, and that's why it's over. Go ahead. Well, I was about to say is, um, unfortunately, I'd love to continue talking, but we do have a time limit. I'd like to leave, give you an opportunity to leave our audience with any last thoughts you might have. Well, at, at Exa, in the company is over 42 years old, so we have we have a lot of expertise in the company, and with the conversion of or transition of power conversion to energy management solutions, the old systems, the old components are not answering the needs of the system designers. At Exa, we're looking at this from a totally a different point of view, a revolutionary point of view, and the solutions that we are providing consider the system at the priority level rather than the components.
So the solution that we are providing addresses the system issues, not only the component issues. And I invite the audience to look at our websites and contact us if they have any questions. And that's uh, xr.com? www.xr.com, E-X-A-R, yes. Excellent. Well, hey, Parviz, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. The whole issue of power in, at the uh, board level and within systems, as we've been discussing, is really a uh, complex issue with a lot of moving parts, and I'm glad to see that there are companies out there continuing to provide better ones. Thank you, and it's always good chatting with you, Alex. I will bring you back again, Parviz. We'll do it another time. But uh, for now, I'm going to have to call it a show. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us today. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul on Power. Have a great day.